Welcome to My New Life, a Love Every Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Rolfe. We talk a lot about connected parenting at Love Every. Australian experts are ahead of the curve when it comes to building strong parent-child relationships. In this mini-series, I'll speak with Australian parent educators, psychologists, and pediatricians about setting loving limits. Bickering, fighting, jealousy, constant comparison and competition, sibling rivalry can be exhausting. Here to help us reduce the conflict between our children is parent educator Kristen Mariella. Her approach is to hold the limits while welcoming the waves of emotion. I asked her, what is driving all this competition between brothers and sisters? So much of the things that we do as parents, we think we're helping. And it's almost like this, you know, I'm on a quest of busting myths, you know, or like really open people's eyes to what's actually happening when, for example, we are jumping in there when our kids are even just bickering and we're like correcting interaction. You know, we're kind of, you know, telling them, oh, don't don't use that tone with your brother. That's not very nice. And we think we're kind of like helping fine tune some interactions and coaching them in the moment. We're trying really our best to just, you know, make sure that they're on, stay on the right track before things blow out, you know. But what's really interesting is when we get in there, even with our best intention, we are interfering with the natural kind of flow of things. And our interference, oh, you know, it creates resistance and it, it sends the message of mistrust. You know, oftentimes they also get more tense because mommy's there and she's, she's a little bit, you know, worried about where this is going. And they kind of, you know, it's really interesting. There's so many dynamics at play. And this is something that I like to practice a lot to hold my tongue, unless my kids are full blown fighting and there's something serious going on. I really, really try to stay out of it. And it's so interesting when you become aware of this and you're like, really trying to hold your tongue. That's when you start also listening and you're thinking to yourself, how is this really going to go? Okay. I'm going to lean into trust and I'm going to just let it slide that my kids are being, you know, my older daughter is being a little bit unfair to her brother. He doesn't really seem to mind though. I'm interesting. I'm really triggered that she's like being a little bit manipulative here. You know, I can see through it, but he's, wait a second. He's actually enjoying Oh, and then they found this way out of, oh yeah, and now they're playing this game out of that. And now he's laughing. It surprises us a lot of the time how they navigate it and it's differently than what we envisioned. So, ooh, taking ourselves and our triggers and our baggage and our judgment out of the equation is extremely freeing. This is such helpful information that you're sharing right now. What else are we doing that's natural to us that is not helpful when it comes to sibling rivalry? So we can run over the five top things. Basically, there's the Bible of sibling rivalry, which is uh, siblings without rivalry. (laughs) And I encourage every parent out there to read this book. It's by my companion throughout my parenthood. I have three children. The most important is probably when we don't normalize negative feelings between our siblings. Um, and we don't accept it. We don't welcome the big emotions that they will inevitably have towards each other. 
So it's really important to just accept that as a fact right off the bat. It's not helpful to romanticize our children's relationship or, you know, I don't know if that's the right word, but really to just have the standard that they're going to be best friends always and always so loving to each other and, you know, have their each other's back all the time. Generally, we want this to be the, the culture in our home. But our children, they didn't choose each other. They are living daily lives together. They are sharing parents. And there is inevitably going to be a mix of feelings. So not normalizing that is definitely going to just drive tension further. Contributing to competition is something that I see everywhere all the time. And it's really interesting because parents usually do it in a playful way and they think they're helping but in the end it's just that little shift in dynamic where children are going to be looking at each other and kind of seeing each other more as a rival as a rival than you being kind of the whole family and especially the siblings kind of in the same team the quickest example would be you know always making it a game who's the first doing that or Who's going to run to the car, you know, and be the winner in this little mini competition that we always have going on around the house to get things done? I mean, it's totally fine every now and then, but honestly, we can get stuck in doing it too much. And it becomes that underlying message of somehow it is the most important to be number one and to be better, to be faster and to be. And it's just so unfair because our kids are usually, they're just, they have different strengths. (laughs) So, you know. To lay that off and really you can easily, for example, you can just so easily turn it in in another direction if you have a hard time going cold turkey on that. Just, you know, tell your kids to race you and you'll be the clumsy parent and then they are that team that won you. And, you know, so just a little tweak, but something to really keep in mind is, you know, am I pitting my kids against each other without being maybe aware of it, right? Yeah, we talked about correcting interactions, which I think is really, really, really a good practice. And then making everything equal. Oh, we are we get so hung up on this as parents. I think there's guilt that's driving that. Usually we are afraid to not equalize everything because we are we visualize and we see that one child is gonna be so upset that they got a little bit less french fries on their plate or something and we're always anticipating the upset right so there's a sentence we say it's like everyone gets what they need when they need it i mean in icelandic it doesn't really sound so privileged <laughs> oh my god but you know it's the idea of it is is that you know you we don't and, and, and we also always say we don't count food that's one thing. When my kids are like, oh, wait, she got a little bit more of this. He got a little bit less of that. And I don't. And I say, what do you want? Are you hungry for a little bit more? Do you want more French fries on your plate? That's fine. Yeah, tell me that. We don't count food. We never count food. So it's just a little, you know, just the mindset shifts and noticing these areas um, where it's actually going to be driving competition if we're always equalize everything because and this is the last thing i'm going to say about that because we are teaching our kids then to look to each other if i am standing in the kitchen and i'm counting french fries to make sure my kids don't fight 
I'm teaching them to do the same thing. So next time we're at the restaurant, my, my son is going to be looking at his sister's plate to count because that's what you do. And, you know, if we're announcing nine marshmallows in each cocoa, I count it to the T, you know. And if you see eight, it's because one melted. Trust me, because I really made the calculations. We are putting this out there as the most important thing that we have to make sure everything is equal. And that is endless. Okay. Creating a lot of problems. <laughs> I'm sure so many listeners can relate to that. And lastly, it's really important, I think, also to start reflecting, am I unintentionally labeling my kids by trying to encourage them, which is usually the driver. This is why it's every, this is so interesting because we're always coming from such a good place. And that's why it's so interesting to really try and open people's eyes to, oh, wow, what I thought was helpful is actually maybe contributing to rivalry. So, yeah, so that's the rundown of the five. So helpful. So helpful for me, uh, a lot of years into parenting with three kids. I'm going to play a question around favoritism. Hi, I had a question about sibling and sibling rivalries. How do you keep from choosing sides and validating both children, as well as just keeping their their self-esteem high and making it not seem that you're choosing one more over the other. Right now, it's really hard for me because I have two toddlers. One's three, almost four, and the other one is one, almost two. And with that, I don't want my oldest to feel as though I'm constantly choosing her younger sister when they battle. But at the same time, my younger daughter is more prone to getting injured easily. And just, I just don't know how to mitigate that. So yeah, wow. What I want to highlight after listening to this is going to save so many people's sanity, I think. So even when there's obvious, it's obvious that the older child is being super unfair and like, you know, harsh with their younger child, well, younger sibling, sorry. Even when that's so obvious, I want to encourage parents to try and go straight to compassion and understand that that child is just having a really hard time at the moment. They do not want to hurt their younger child sibling. And with that energy, you come in and intervene. And what happens when you have this mindset shift of you start, you, you, you stop seeing the older child as this bully and you actually come in and you, you, you want to support both of them. So I will say out loud, Ooh, to my five-year-old son, who is a little, he's highly sensitive. And, you know, and when he's fighting with his uh, little one and a half year old, I will say out loud, I know you don't want to hurt him. Oof, I'm going to stop you right here. Oh, that must feel so bad. He's crying now. I know. You didn't want that to happen. You don't want him to cry. I'm here and I'm going to help you take a pause. And then I am gentle, supporting the my son, who was the one who literally, you know, pushed my little one to the ground or whatever. All of our children in any situation, they need our support. This is such a huge mindset shift and it's going to shift things around for that older uh, child and for her daughter, for example, when she can 
feel that, oh, my mom still sees me. Do you ever wonder how your child's development is tracking or ways you can help it along? What is the right amount of stimulation and what are the best ways to play? We are here to help you make the most of your time together. Love Every is a complete system of activities, toys, and information that comes at just the right time so you can feel confident you are giving your child the very best start. We don't need to make our kids feel even worse about what they just did or what just happened to make them learn from their mistake. This is old school mentality. What we need to do is to help our children feel better all around, to help their nervous system be more regulated, which we do with how we show up, how they feel about, uh, what do we think about them in that moment? You know, are we seeing them as, as a bully? You know, is this creating a more disconnection, more rift in the relationship? What happens then is the older child is just going to be acting out more and more. You know, this is so resonating so much. I have the same, I have this experience where I get really triggered and elevated because I'm so frustrated with how one of the children is treating the other. But I think that your empathy approach I found over time has really helped. No child wants to be the bad guy or hurt the other child. So this is really helpful. I have another question that builds on this. So talk me through that that fighting moment. So you talked about observing when your children do start to get into a, a physical tussle. It's really common in our family. Something might be escalating, but again, I'm not intervening because I'm taking your advice. But then when do I intervene? What if it gets aggressive? Walk me through this. What I find is really good is to just come in with curiosity. We don't want to wait until everything is totally exploded. We want to wait and see a little bit when we feel like things are elevating. We can check in on that point. And it's better if we are not too emotionally charged at the same time. So coming in with curiosity, okay, I hear you guys are upset. Can I help? Do you need some help? Um, this is sometimes just what my kids need because they don't even want me to come in and they will you know, figure it out. Or I'm coming in and I'm like, okay, 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 pause. Let's pause. And that's a good non-judgmental kind of word that I throw in there a lot of the time. Let's pause. I'm here. Okay. Nope. Let's just take a break. And then we try to talk about it. A lot of the time, kids just need time. We don't need to get too wordy. We just need a little bit of that break that we're we're helping them get. So this is kind of before it blows up. But, you know, even after it blows up, it's pretty much the same. We want to come in and we, it's not too helpful to be too wordy. Most of the times our kids just need that break. If kids are getting physical, creating that distance is really important. Sometimes I do take one child into another room because it's just too heated kind of depends on the situation and also the age of the child. Are they able to voice what they want? Can we help them process when we say, okay, I see 
you're holding that and you're, yeah, okay, you're pointing at the, at the toy. You also want the toy. Hmm. Oh, that's really tricky. Nope. And then a lot of the time it's, it's really heated. It's going to be hands flying. We have to be kind of ready to physically block it at the in, in the moment. If, if we are sitting there holding space for the heated moments. So talk about how you can avoid sibling rivalry altogether. Is, are there any strategies, any bigger picture strategies that we can think of? One-on-one time is definitely like the first thing that pops into mind. I know that people don't, uh, often they resist and they're like, I don't have time for extra, you know, I don't have extra 10 minutes in the day to do one-on-one with my child. And also I don't have any help. So, you know, it's hard to carve out that time. Honestly, I take the approach of just being mindful of giving your children full attention some of the time. You don't have to make this into like a date to go out for ice cream or do something special with the child. Just give full attention to your children in uh, separately if you can. If your child is doing something interesting, sit with them and really try and get into their world. Don't ask too many questions, you know, just let them kind of lead the interaction. You can do 10 minutes, 20 minutes, and, you know, sure, the other child can be in the same room or not maybe the same room, but just doing their own thing. I just want to simplify this for parents that are busy, maybe single, but that really does help to create that bond that your child needs to be able to hold on to and lean into in the family. So that's wonderful. And I know that that can be so helpful with with new siblings as well. I'm going to play a question about um, a mom who's sharing her fears around bringing home a new baby. I am the primary caregiver. And when we bring a new baby home, I know not to blame things on the new baby, but I'm still not quite sure how to help my toddler be gentle and not suffocating her with her love as she is obsessed with babies and dolls. She loves seeing her friends' baby siblings and gets in their face all the time and has a hard time when they need to eat or sleep. So I would definitely focus on supporting that toddler in having a hard time taking a break because they need it. And then they, there is, it's, there's definitely tension there driving that kind of, you know, that attitude of being overly getting overly in there, being really excited. And then when the baby needs, there's a boundary there needs to eat, needs to feed, needs to nap. And then there's a problem, you know, like I'm just guessing might be a meltdown or that she has a really hard time with that. Those are the moments that you're going to be able to help this toddler the most. Lean into that. Oh, yes, you really wish you wish you could go into the bedroom and just wake her up right now. You miss you miss the baby. We're not going to go into the bedroom. I'm staying right here. I'm helping you. You're here. You're here with me. Ah, and there's a big meltdown. And maybe every day for, I don't know, uh, I did this with my daughter when she was three. My son was born, and I remember there was this uh, basically every day for a month. This was really the time when I was really practicing sitting with her big emotions. And I remember when she, where she would cry and her emotions would go up, she would scream. 
I could feel tears coming out of my eyes because I was just, it was just so difficult to, to sit there with her. But afterwards is where she would find her calm, where I call, call it the bliss. And she was just so much more connected. She was so much more balanced within. And that's where everything kind of fell into place. So she needed this. And I needed to hold space for it. It was messy. It was chaotic. It was very difficult, but it was definitely what she needed. And that's what I'm seeing, uh, what I'm thinking when I hear this this uh, question from the mom. Really, really try and lean into helping this little girl let some of that tension out and listen to her tears. Yeah. It's such a tender time. It's so tender for all of us. Well, it's been so helpful to have you here with us today. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It was, it was a real pleasure. You can find more from Kristen Mariella at Respectful Mom. Here are my takeaways from the conversation. Takeaway number one, hold your tongue. Kristen urges parents to resist getting involved with sibling conflict as long as there's not a safety issue. Even with the best of intentions, adult interference creates resistance and it sends the message of mistrust. When I succeed at this, I find the squabbles often turn out differently than I imagined. Takeaway number two, welcome the big emotions your siblings have toward one another. It's okay if they're not the best of friends and their relationship will shift over time. By normalizing disagreements, you will diminish the tension in the sibling relationship. Takeaway number three, asking your children to race to the car has a tendency to pit one child against the other. Instead, have them compete against you. Play the part of the clumsy adult and you're bound to bring some humor to the situation. Takeaway number four, do your best to avoid equalizing things, particularly when it comes to food. Kristen reminds her children, we never count food. If you're forever equaling out portions, you are sending the message that your children should look to their sibling's plate to see if they have enough, rather than listening to their own body. You've been listening to My New Life. If you think this episode might be helpful to a fellow parent, please share. If you'd like to learn more about the topics discussed on the show, head over to loveevery.com. That's L-O-V-E-V-E-R-Y.com. Be sure to sign up for our weekly child development emails. I'm Jessica Rolf. Thanks for listening.